Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates matched at random by the powers that be at a large Eastern University. <laughs> and we finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and over 60 years of work experience. And we're making this podcast together to help you, the listener, to save some money. So, Mr. Kramer, what are we talking about today? So, we are talking about prepping, as in prepping for disasters. Disasters. That's interesting, because you and I were exchanging some texts this week about that, and I think you've got this way covered better than I do. Yes, I possibly. But of course, ironically, I didn't prepare for this podcast at all. So I thought that would be kind of funny to wing it. <laughs> but we can talk about it. You've done some prepping. And I mean, I, I've been thinking about this because the coronavirus going around and I've been reading a lot on the internet about what you should prepare. But I think you've prepared for probably a natural disaster in California that might be like fire or an earthquake. Yeah, I tend not to talk about it too much in polite company because it can come out as crazy, paranoid, right-wing gun nut stuff. But I live in the hills of California where we have uh, 100-year disasters every, I don't know, seven, eight months. Right. I mean, I I think it sounds like you probably have um, thought about that. So you're further ahead than I am. And we did a little prepping last weekend and uh, I have some fun stories to share about the trip to Costco. But um, tell me about what you've done, you know, for prepping for those kind of natural disasters? So we live in earthquake country and the understanding from the people who study this stuff is you're going to have a major earthquake every 30 years or so. You just don't know which year. So it's something that's super important to prepare for, but uh, not urgent because you don't know whether it's 29 years from now or in a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And the, and the kids in elementary school, they make them bring a, a preparedness kit. They have to bring, I think, a poncho and one of those space blankets and like granola bars that are sealed airtight on the assumption that they might have to hide in place for a while until their family can come rescue them. So we're strongly encouraged by the schools and by the state to have a plan with our kids. Where do you meet in case of uh, a disaster? assuming that it's an earthquake. If your kids went through any kind of scouts, they're good at that too. Gotcha. And then at home, it sounded like you had some sort of, I'd call like a go bag or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did set up uh, a bug out bag or whatever you want to call it. Um, Because as you see, Dave, when there is an actual uh, perceived emergency, that's not the time to go shopping. Um, So like rule number one for our listeners prepare ahead of time. Um, you and I were joking about, uh, what, what's the mask that you we were talking about? N95 mask? Yes. And you have you have some of those, and I think you use those during the wildfires, right? Uh, yes, that was the ones they recommended uh, if you were concerned about inhaling the particulates. Because you saw, I don't know if you looked at, but the, the air quality in San Francisco got to be really bad for a while there. Uh, yeah, I know I saw because that's something that's kind of weighed on my mind over the last few years because the air quality where I live in Arizona, it varies between fair to good, but there's some days that definitely are not 
high quality air days. Yeah, so the reason I had them is because in an earthquake, uh, you do get a bunch of, well, you could get structural collapses, right? And then if you recall it, uh, after 9-11, there was a bunch of nasty stuff in the air. People are still getting sick from it. Um, the stuff we build buildings out of now and what we used to build them out of, particularly in the 60s and 70s, gets pretty nasty when it gets airborne. Gotcha, because I know my... Daughter lives in an old building, and I'm, I know it has lead paint on the walls, and I'm imagining there's probably asbestos potentially for... Um, probably. Pi uh, I guess you'd use that to insulate hot water pipes, maybe? Something like that? You know, back in the 60s and 70s, for whatever reason, they put it in everything but breakfast cereal. Um, <laughs> it's in um, uh, drywall mud. It's in uh, insulation around pipes. It's in... Ins um, spray fireproofing you see it in a lot of weird places in california it's uh, naturally occurring in fact uh, it's the state rock of california is called serpentine hmm. and that's naturally occurring asbestos interesting i did not know that so you had bought these masks and i know i was i was looking them on the internet because my wife wanted to buy one for my daughter and i think you said you bought what what did you buy? You tell me the price and how many you bought. So I bought a box of thirty. They sell them for painters and stuff like that for uh, thirteen ninety five with my free delivery from Amazon Prime. And I thought, huh, well, I didn't realize I had those. I should just go ahead and and buy some more from the same place. And uh, the price was I sent you a screenshot of it one hundred and eighty dollars and fifteen dollars delivery. So we should have bought a thousand of them. Yeah, it's crazy because after you said that to me, well, my wife wanted to buy one for my daughter and send it to her and I said, I'm not paying those crazy prices on Amazon now, but I thought I had some in the garage for painting and it turns out, um, I think I was doing some painting and I finished up and said, oh, I'm not going to get it because I probably won't have to paint for a while and why why buy it now? So I turned up not to have any, would have been smart to have some. So they will definitely be in my list to keep around for painting, but maybe have a set for the family just in case. Yeah, so some of the things that struck me as non-obvious uh, were the masks to have. Um, they suggest having um, wet wipes. And, mm. You know, soldiers ask for those a lot at Christmas time because when you don't have running water, that's the only thing you can do for sanitation. Right. So I laid in a bunch of those. I think my wife has used them all as cleaning products. Um, so this is kind of the challenge with trying to stockpile anything. Um, another thing that would be good to have, uh, almost necessary to have is get some, uh, decent work gloves and throw them in the bag because if something bad happens, you have to leave your house. That means you're going to have to be doing work with your hands to, uh, to, to whatever. And I don't know about you, Dave, but the calluses on my hands aren't getting, uh, built up from Excel spreadsheets the way you probably need. <laughs> mine, are, mine are not, too, uh, no calluses on my hands. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I think I have one of those life straws. Have you ever seen that? It lets you uh, uh, take dirty water and pull it through a really high-quality filter. I've seen those. I almost, and I'm going to buy some of this Christmas, almost last Christmas pulled the trigger. You can get them for um, less than $15, and I was going to buy them as stocking stuffers last year, which I wish I had done now. Um, cause we, we do have a pool here, which is a nice luxury of life, but I'd look at that as worst comes to worst. We'll drink water out of that pool. Yeah. It's one reason I'm a fan of having a kind of traditional hot water heater instead of a instant hot water. Cause then 
if you have trouble, and it could just be the power being out for several days, um, you have 30 gallons of water, fresh water that you can drink. That's, that's interesting. And I was thinking about this as I was um, prepping for this session. It's not out of it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I'll, I have never had to go through something like that, but I'll give you some things that have happened in my family. Um, I used to live in South Florida, and I've had family members who were out of power for three weeks uh, in South Florida for a while. So think about that, no power for three weeks. And I have coworkers of mine um, that lived in Puerto Rico who were out of power for six months. Wow. So it, it can, you know, can't happen. And then the last thing I was going to say, when I lived in Tennessee for a while, the neighborhood that we lived in, the power was out for two weeks of the year before because of an ice storm that brought a lot of the power lines down. It brought so many power lines down. It took two weeks to restore power to that neighborhood. So, you know, I was thinking about that today. It's, it is in the realm of possibilities that you would be out without electricity for um, maybe a couple days, maybe a few weeks, maybe longer. Yeah, and out here it made the national news, but because of fire danger, uh, PG&E started some rolling blackouts. Uh, which is a drag, uh, but I had some coworkers who live in the country and they they use well water, so without power they couldn't get fresh water. Yeah, that that, that that's interesting because my wife and I were talking about this, and I think, well, what would you know what could go wrong? And I didn't conceive that the say the water would go out because I'm just thinking, okay, um, we're all quarantined in our homes. Okay, we, there's a lot of dry foods we could eat. I could eat granola. We bought a bunch of granola bars at Costco. We can eat that for three weeks. It sustains life, right? Peanut butter. But if your electricity's out, it's kind of sucky. Yeah, and if you have a massive power outage or if a lot of people can't get to work, you could lose your city water. And that's a tough time to try and dig a well. Yes, yeah. So we're definitely in city water, and my house is all electric. So, you know, in some places maybe where you have gas would still run electricity be out. We we're all electric here. So electricity goes out, everything is out except I guess the water, as long as the cities can pump the water through, right? Yep. And the the day after we recorded our podcast about um, energy storage for your house and our, our great guest Steve was wishing for a power outage in our town so he could test his system. Mm-hmm. Power went out for two days the next day. Wow. At his at his house. No, at my house. At it was your house. localized. But there was really? three or 3,000 homes that lost power. I forgot what the rest, reason was. Huh. So I guess it is in the realm of possibilities. We've been very fortunate here because we were talking you know, with your friend Steve about power outages. And knock on wood here where I live, um, we've had the power out longer than maybe a minute, like two or three times in 23 years. It's been very, very stable. Um, uh, so... Not everybody has that stability, I guess. So it is in the realm of possibilities that you might be days without power. Yeah, and hopefully we're not encouraging our listeners to panic now because now is not the time to prep when everybody else is. That's like selling your stocks when everybody else is. But you should start making a list and think about it. And let's face it, Dave, a fun thing to do is to buy stuff cheap on the internet. And so this is another list of things to search for for a bargain. I know. So I, I like your idea about the the life straw. I've seen those, and I'm definitely going to get some of those. This has made me think about that. And I'm, I almost did that last Christmas. Um, I like the idea of having that go bag. I guess where I live, we don't have those. We don't have hurricanes. We generally have not had any uh, earthquake that would be significant at all. Um, 
seems like we except we just it's hot in the summertime other than that it doesn't seem like we have a lot of natural disasters here but certainly power could go out could be a problem yeah or you could have a pandemic could or be pandemic. 1918 again it could be 1918 that's for sure i was uh doing a tiny bit of research on that because somebody threw some numbers around i didn't believe but 50 to 100 million people died in that pandemic i think that's what i read 50 million people that's just mind-boggling uh yes and that's 100 years ago 102 years ago yeah that is pretty mind that is mind-boggling that that many people passed away um yeah and uh, i don't know have you seen anybody wearing masks in your part of the world well it's interesting um I have not seen it lately. We, uh, I live in central Arizona in the town I live in. We had, I think the fifth confirmed case in the United States. I live in Tempe, Arizona. And, uh, we were out at the, uh, my wife and I go to the uh, theater for fun. And, uh, we were there on Thursday night. The theater was much less crowded. Now it might've been the thing that was playing, but generally it's a much more packed. So I think people stayed home is my sense of it. And then the month before in February, I saw somebody wearing masks right after that person was identified who lives somewhere in this general vicinity of the world uh, wearing a mask out in public. So, but I've not, I've not seen it. I think, I think my wife said she's seen some people out in, in public. What about you? A few. And I've decided to take that as a person who has uh, cold or flu symptoms and is being extremely considerate of the people around them. Because they are effective in not passing it. If you're, if the mask wearer has uh, a virus, mm -hmm. it keeps them from passing it on to other people. That's that's what I've read as well. So um, I haven't. Per I personally saw it back in February, right after um, that. There, there was a person in our town who was diagnosed. They'd come back from China and was diagnosed with it. Um, so in interesting. So hopefully we don't have too many listeners to take advantage of this, but a good use for a mask is to wear it on the airplane with a, do a little sniffling and get that one empty seat on a Southwest flight will be next to you. <laughs> That's too funny. We're having my daughter's spring break is coming up and we're, de she's debating whether she's going to uh, come out and visit us and fly from the East coast out to, out to visit us. So it's interesting. Huh? <laughs> The, the other thing I set up, which is probably more useful than a go bag, actually, is I have a, a get home bag in the trunk of my car uh, because... What's that? So the idea is it's possible that if there's a bad enough earthquake here, I will be at my office in San Jose and my kids uh, and my family are 25 miles away and the roads are impassable and I'm going to have to walk home. Gotcha. So um, I've got in there a little bit of water, probably a life straw. I, I don't actually remember. I don't keep up on this. But what I've been trying to get in there is, um, and I haven't done this yet, but buy an inexpensive pair of very comfortable walking boots to keep there. Okay. So it's always there. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So that's a fun thing to shop for. I managed to find a pair of combat boots by a manufacturer called Proper with uh, – Three P's, P O, excuse me, P R O P P E R, which is probably a pun, uh, but uh, seems to be a reputable band. And I found a set of those in my size for thirty-seven dollars delivered. Hmm, that's a pretty good idea. Now you'd, I would probably just throw half-worn pair of sneakers in the bag. You think boots are better because you think you might be climbing over rocky stuff? 
that's my thought. Um, sneakers aren't a bad idea. It's a better idea than trying to walk home in your loafers or your wingtips. Right. But boots might be good if you're having to crawl over debris or something like that and need better ankle support, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever stepped on a nail, Dave, but it ruins your day. It hurts. Yeah. So in my industry, we require everybody to get OSHA training, and they really drive the idea of uh, over-the-ankle boots into your head as being safer in a uh, uncertain walking place. Yeah, I got you. Back in the day when I worked in the factory, we had to wear steel-toed shoes because of you know stuff like that, I, I guess. And that's probably saved a lot of people from having a broken foot or other problems. Yeah, so I'm trying to, but because they're inexpensive shoes and not sneakers, they need breaking in. So I'm trying to wear them when I walk the dog in the morning. Another benefit of having a dog. That's going to be my next question is like, if you put a brand new pair of boots out there, they're going to not be broken. And that's what I was thinking. I'd take my half-worn tennis shoes and throw them in the bag. So I didn't buy brand new shoes and put them in the bag and they sit there and I forget about them. Yes, and honestly probably the one thing you shouldn't buy on the internet is shoes because it's hard to try them on. <laughs> that is true. Although sometimes I will say I've, I, I find like the shoe that I like. And if, if it's the same brand that I've bought the same shoe, uh, you know, the same exact brand that works, has worked for me. It makes perfect sense. But just trying them on, I have, I, I, I probably not a good idea. Yeah. One thing I'd like to keep more of in the house is uh, water, fresh water but mm -hmm. it doesn't doesn't last forever in the in the plastic containers so um, i'm waiting until these aluminum uh bottles of water become less pricey i'm gonna put in a few cases of those oh i got you yeah we we had um we went to costco last sunday i thought it was gonna be a madhouse it wasn't too bad but i will say there at costco there were a lot of folks like us who were buying some bottled water and um, buying toilet paper. So they were out of toilet paper at our Costco, and apparently there was a big run on toilet paper. So I thought, okay, I'll just buy it off Amazon. <laughs> and of course, I think it finally shipped, but I ordered toilet paper from Amazon, and, and normally stuff like that would ship right away, and it was like three or four days before it shipped. Interesting things become currency in an emergency. After yeah. World War II, it was cigarettes. Huh. And I, I, was, yeah. reading, I was reading online that... Um, you know, some good things to get would be people want to get the toilet paper. The thing that I thought was interesting for the ladies out there, um, like feminine hygiene kind of products seem to be something that you should think about stocking up on. That's true. Things that you need to think about in advance are extra set of eyeglasses or contact solution. And uh, one that I need to put in is uh, uh, dog food because you're not going to be able to go to the if – you, if you can't go anywhere, you can't go to the pet store to buy your dog some kibble. That's a good, and then um, that's good, and uh, maybe score some bottled water in case the city water goes out, because I'm fine with the water from the tap. I have one of those um, water filter, those reverse osmosis systems, which I think is fantastic, and uh, uh, some canned soup is what some folks are recommending, because you know stores for a long time, you don't have to heat it up, but if you heat it up, it's relatively easy to heat up. You could heat up on a, we have a little um, stove that we use for camping when my son was in the Boy Scouts for camping, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, a lot of this stuff fits in well with the concept of, of camping. So yeah. it would be good to have, 
you get those uh, space blankets. They don't cost much before an emergency. And those tiny little folding ponchos, they don't cost much either. Mm-hmm. Um, but being wet and cold is what kills you. That's what they're handing out to the Syrian refugees right now. Those poor, poor people. Yeah, that's kind of sucky. I remember being a Boy Scout myself and one of our first camp outs that rained the whole weekend. It was, it, it's not always fun. Luckily, it was a pretty, it was in Florida, so it was, it was pretty warm. So I've been trying to brainstorm a little how this can fit in with your and my philosophy of uh, being as cheap as possible and coming up with a, a reason for it. But so one thing you should have is your prescription meds or even non-prescription meds. So that fits well with the idea of buying it in bulk and because um, you do want to rotate them out. You can't buy um, whatever Advil and put it in a bag for six years. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing. That's, and that's the thing I worry about. We bought a bunch of, uh, oh gosh, like granola bars that I don't know how long they'd say they last in the package. Probably I'm guessing a couple of years, but listeners, please use it up. Don't buy it. Throw it away. That's my fear is we're going to pile this crap and then throw it away. Yeah. So it'd be good to find things that you would use on a regular basis and just rotate it through. But uh, I don't know about you, Dave. We, when I was a kid, we used to eat canned food all the time, canned corn, canned peas, canned beans. And we, we almost never do now. Hmm. It's interesting. We don't have a lot of that canned stuff, but it, it, it is a good point. Yes. When we were kids, we used to have a lot of the canned stuff. Some, some of it was frozen. Um, do you eat like a lot of do you have frozen foods? Some. Usually it's like quasi-prepared stuff from Trader Joe's, that kind of thing. I got you. Yeah. But can't, I love, I like soup for some reason. A lot of people do not like soup. I don't know what the deal is, but I like soup. I could, I would generally have soup almost every day when I'm at home. So that works for me. Yeah, about the only thing we use out of cans anymore is uh, various kinds of tomatoes for cooking. Yeah, we do. We do use a lot of that for like um, preparing like a pasta dish or something like that, or generally mm, could be both Italian or maybe it could be like a Mexican dish where you'd have some sort of tomatoes in it. So Dave, let me ask you something that's outside of your expertise, but you lived in Salt Lake City for a couple of years and a huge population of uh, uh they don't like to be called Mormons, but Latter-day Saints, yes. churchgoers. Yeah. yeah. And my understanding is they're required by their church to stockpile several months or a year's worth of food because of, well, for whatever reason. Hmm. I am, you know, I didn't have any really firsthand knowledge of that. I've heard that before, but I, the folks that I know, I never, I never, I never came up on conversation, but it's probably a pretty good idea. I guess being in the midst of it, it's not even unusual. You'd be the weird one without having 400 cans of peas in your basement. Yeah. Up there, you know, there it might work out pretty well because most of the homes had a basement. The home that I lived in had a basement, and that's a good place to store stuff because it doesn't get too hot, doesn't get too cold. Where here, where I live, I have no basement. So things keep pretty well on the garage in the wintertime because it's relatively cooler. But in summertime, I'm not sure I want to keep stuff out in the garage. Yeah, that's where my bag is, and hopefully the stuff is sealed up tight enough that rodents won't get into it. And uh, if we do have an earthquake, that the garage doesn't collapse faster than the rest of the house, in which case it's of no use to me. But can't prepare for everything, I guess. I guess I could bury it in the backyard in a uh, sealed container. Put it in the backyard in a little plastic bin or something like that, like a storage bin or something like that? 
But I, yeah. uh, it's, I mean, it's good. So listen, I think it's good that you have something like that ready to go. I haven't thought too much about that. And I was thinking about that when you and I were texting. Um, and probably definitely going to definitely, uh, I'm not going to buy the uh, $20 and 95 mask, but I'm definitely going to buy some after this because you can use them for painting. And like I said, I, I had some and then I put them on the list and then I just haven't gone to Home Depot in a while and said I'm not just going to go up there to buy masks that I'm probably not going to use for a couple years. I did use that go bag a few times. I got uh, read somewhere about the idea of, of rucking. And so just to put more weight on when I was walking my dog, because mm-hmm. I, I hate running, but I wanted to burn some more calories. But it's a lot easier if you don't carry the backpack. So I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness sakes um yeah it, it will be interesting to see if um i noticed i was reading the news today in the local uh, phoenix metro area that i think there was another third confirmed case of coronavirus here because up in except for that one person which i think was number five in the united states confirmed case way back in february we've only had two other cases reported here so it'll be interesting to see how this develops and how it changes people's thoughts around um you know going to work or working remotely and all that sort of thing yeah uh yeah and we're recording this on uh, march 7th we're only a few weeks into it and testing isn't really widespread so that's probably why there haven't been that many confirmed cases yeah it's uh it's interesting we're reading the news from washington state where i think they've close some of the local schools down there and some of the the universities there have canceled in-person classes and gone to uh, online classes yeah so when we were thinking about how to prepare for this work it seemed like our biggest risk would be uh the schools closing and people being stuck without child care so you'd lose at least half of the parents of school-aged children that is that would be an issue right because what do you got to do so somebody's got to stay home with them right hmm. exactly and you know to be responsible you have to be more aggressive if you have the sniffles you got to stay home for two weeks even if you can work good news is we're all pretty well set i think everybody has laptops and internet connections and can and cell phones so it's way better than it was even i don't know four or five years ago probably yeah, for people like the knowledge workers, I think where the trouble is going to be is if you have to be somewhere to do something like in a factory or um, customer service where you have, like you're seeing somebody, have, you see them in person to do do whatever you do, whether it's you're their dentist or doctor or cutting their hair or whatever, those kind of things, right, are going to be difficult. Yeah, the doctors and dentists are pretty good about infection control. Those are the ones we should probably take the lessons from. You see them washing their hands a lot. Yeah. Huh. And they already got masks. That's t- that's true. Or they did until people like you and me bought them all up. <laughs> and them all in our up. basement. There you go. <laughs> but <laughs> I have the only toilet paper on the street. <laughs> Can't spare a square. I can sell them for 10 bucks a roll or something like that. <laughs> I remember what I thought of this morning. Do you remember that thing we bought at the surplus store when we lived together in college that we used as a laundry hamper? Oh, was what was it? 
it was a prep kit for a nuclear disaster. It was a barrel about, I don't know, 36 inches high and maybe 28 inches across. And it was had the list of everything that was inside it when it was original. And it, so it had women's feminine hygiene products, uh, masks, uh, uh, sterile stuff like this, and then you uh, and a liner so you could use it uh, as a toilet. <laughs> now I remember that. That's too funny. Um, <laughs> and it was when I was getting ready for this. I mean, you can buy these sort of food kits. I've I've, I've saw them at Costco, um, where you can buy three months, six months supply of dry foods. I, they're similar to maybe the ready eat meals that you would see for camping out or something like that. Um, and doesn't seem like such a far-fetched idea considering that I had relatives who didn't have power in South Florida for three weeks. People that I work with in Puerto Rico didn't have power. Some of them didn't have power for six months. That's true. You don't have to be too creative about this. The The state has lists of things you should buy, but I also have um, one that's labeled with KQED, the local NPR station. Mm -hmm. Because we're in earthquake country, I got that with my $100 donation or $250, whatever it was. Um, and when the power went out, I went, I actually already had one, but the one I, uh, I have a hand cranked flashlight slash radio that you can supposedly charge your phone with. Uh huh. And the one I had bought didn't work. So I'm like, well, the one from NPR has to work and it didn't. Oh, I do have one of those. Now that I think about it, it's in the living room. So it, you crank it up in flashlight. It's got the radio built into it. I don't know if it has it. I don't think mine has a USB output on it to charge the phone. That's a. I'm going to check that after we break here because that'd be a good idea. Assuming the cell phone towers are up, right? Then you can charge your phone. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, when the lights go out, still every time you walk in and out of a room, you hit the light switch. Yeah. <laughs> It's unstoppable, but my kids are like, oh, that's okay. I'll use my phone as a flashlight, and I'll look it up on my phone. Like, remember, we don't have any way to charge <laughs> That works for a while, right? It works for the first day, half a day, and you're out of power. Huh. And I do have I, these things, but I only had a couple of them plugged in, but they're um, you, you, they're USB adapters that plug into the wall, but they're big, fat ones, and they also have a flashlight on them and, can, and a battery in them. So mm -hmm. they're constantly charging, and in an emergency, you can use them as a flashlight. Interesting. If you can find them. I have a little power inverter. If you have a gas-powered car, which I do, you could um, uh, plug in this little power inverter into the cigarette lighter of the car or the accessory outlet, I guess I should say, because not that many people smoke anymore. Um, and then I just mine's just a little tiny one runs has one little plug for a 120 volt appliance. So that's another have, way. Have you, you tried can do using that. that? I've used. You tried using that in your Nissan Leaf, Dave. Uh, it works in the Nissan Leaf, but only <laughs> it works for so long until you run out of electrical power. But uh, there's a big battery in that thing. It probably run that? for. It probably would run for a long time. For five days. You probably could. You you probably could. So, I mean, try it this weekend, Dave. I might try it this weekend, but that's just something else. If you know, if you have a gas-powered car and your tank's full of gas, you could at least charge your cell phone. I guess, assuming that the cell towers up. If the cell towers are down, then don't have to worry about charging your phone because it's not going to work anyways. I guess you could play well, games that you've. I guess you could play games you've downloaded on your phone, right? No, that's true. Got to do something while the world's ending. Yeah, write the great American novel by hand on a sheet of paper. 
Yeah, and as I understand it, you should uh, use text messages in an emergency because the cell towers get overloaded, and that's much less data than those. That's true. Just little tiny bits of data. All right, Mr. Kramer, what did we learn today? Um, I'm not sure. I recently read a really good book called Overstory, and it was about trees. And in there, there was a Chinese proverb that the best time to climb, uh, I'm sorry, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. But the second best time is today. So I think people should put some thought into that, make a list, and, uh, you know, I put it in your, uh, your wish list on Amazon and track it, look for sales, and keep it all in one compact place. And, um, you know, you're, you're glad when you have it. Yeah, no, I think that's good advice. Um, there's definitely a few things that I've taken out of this recent, uh, well, this, I shouldn't say recent, this ongoing coronavirus scare, which is maybe just starting in the United States. And definitely I'm going to buy one of those life straw type products that filters water out. And I'm going to keep some of those masks on hand, which I have had before, which I use for painting or doing work around the house where I'm like maybe grinding or making dust or something like that, which is just probably good to have some of that around. I have one more thought based on your toilet paper experience. We might should invest in a bidet. Ah, that, if you have the space for it, it's very nice. I've, I've seen these, Um, <laughs> my mind is racing. I've seen these add-ons you can add to a potty, which essentially turns your toilet into a bidet because some places they're like a separate um, right thing right uh but i've seen some that you can hook up i think though in some cases you're going to have to have an electrical outlet nearby which at least in my bathroom is inconvenient i have the impression that to get warm water you need that but you yeah. could get cold water without that without the oh without the electricity i got you okay which sounds uncomfortable and you probably wouldn't appreciate it unless you were out of toilet paper in which case it'd probably be great it would be like awesome, right? And then you wouldn't perhaps could have going out going without toilet paper probably wouldn't be a problem at that point. That's right. You'd be the most popular house in the neighborhood. <laughs> you just have a smile on your you just have a smile on your face and not let your neighbors know about it. <laughs> oh, All right. that seems like a good note to end it on. Listeners, prepare, but don't pay don't pay the crazy prices now. Prepare as soon as all this is over with. Yes, the cure to anxiety is action. So yeah. start thinking about it. Start preparing. but don't panic. All right, Mr. Graver. Until next time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Bye.